We're jumping out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Wazi Circus Radio, the show where I sit down with the smartest people that I've ever met. I don't know if that's saying too much, man. <laughs> Shout out to my Patreon patriots, Jeff Gowie, Adrian Lewis, uh, the new people on there, everybody that supports us, I appreciate it. Shut up. <laughs> man, I keep going. Corey Thornhill, Katie Queen. I'm looking at all y'all. Yo, I got them suits. I don't know if y'all know. They're 350 new. They're affordable. They're comfortable. They look pretty badass, man. Uh, you got to hit me up personally to get them. I kind of need to come measure you or something. Cause Getting any booties in? No booties. No booties, man. <laughs> <laughs> just like just like the game. <laughs> big booty, big booty. <laughs> uh, my guest today is my buddy Jimmy, man. You hear us talk about Jimmy all the time. Jimmy seems to fly away when skydives. <laughs> just fly off in the trees and shit. <laughs> Bro, that's that's after the canopy's open. <laughs> Jimmy, man, okay. How do we start? So Jimmy's your friend that loves to skydive when you go on vacation. <laughs> right? If we're going somewhere cool and exotic, <laughs> Jimmy's in. He just hasn't jumped in a year since the last time we went somewhere, so he needs to get current, so he hits Jeff up, makes a couple jumps, and then we go to some exotic place. Uh, that's was Cali. Before that was Costa Rica. Uh, your landings, dude. Your pattern. You're like one of the smartest people I know. What are you thinking? I want people to learn. You say you watch Friday Freakouts? I want you. So we're on these trips. We have AFF instructors with us. And we're all watching Jimmy. Everybody's concerned about And Jimmy. I could hear them screaming the whole time. Like, I don't know what to do now. They're all yelling. I'm just going to ignore them. The ground's coming anyways. So, dude, we'll have a great jump. And everybody gathers. Where's Jimmy? Where is Jimmy? And there you go. There's Jimmy. And last time, everybody thought I was the one with the cutaway. Oh, thank God you didn't have a cutaway. Because I was wondering, why is everyone so upset? And like, I, yeah, it was a bad crosswind landing, but I mean, it wasn't that bad. All <laughs> oh, crosswind landings are bad. That was Cali. Yeah. We were at uh, fucking Silicon Valley, man. Why did you do that? Everybody was going the right way. It was clear everybody was coming back, and you just cut straight across. What were you thinking when that happened? No oh, turns, right? When, uh... When I was coming in, I was expecting to come in faster, and so as I got over to the DZ, I was already at like 600 oh, feet, gotcha. so I was like, well, I don't want to run into those people because I know my steering's terrible, so I'll just keep going back, but I don't want to go into that field in the back, mm -hmm. so I just looked for trying to get down to that point, and I was hoping to make like just a sharp turn. I was making the turn around. I was like, oh, I'm at like 150. I was like, oh, I got to flatten out and just go straight in at this point. Okay, There's no yeah. way I'm finishing this turn. So it wasn't dangerous because you were behind everybody. You just yeah. never finished a turn. You just kept on base. <laughs> I was like, no, no. Oh. I should have, uh, with Jeff and I talked, and I should have done a, uh, a quarter break turn instead of putting in yeah. more input, and that would have uh, that would have finished the turn. Did you end up long on that jump? Why didn't you get back? No, I was fine. I was uh I was higher than you when you came through because you came like right in front of me, just screaming along and. So like, oh well, everything's good. I'm in the right place, and <laughs> and plus the higher uh, up above a thousand, it was much windier because when I would turn in, I'd I was going fine, and then uh, when I came in for the uh, well, when I came in at a thousand, it was like, okay, uh oh, uh -oh I'm not going okay, anywhere. Gotcha. And then I start getting slowly drifting over that uh, that fenced-in area. Like, nope, I I need to keep going this way like <laughs> like oh man i'm either doing a downwind landing or i don't know where but i just want to make it back to uh, stay on that dz side on <laughs> the dz side of the world have how many stand-up landings you got out of the, it's 35 um, now stand-up landings uh probably maybe 10 <laughs> it's 35 jumps now yeah over how many years um, it was what, 2016, maybe 15, something was the first one. I don't know. Oh, maybe in 14. I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while. I've watched you. It's like two jumps a year. Well, it's always, oh no, why is the circus coming up? I got to go and get current. <laughs> and yeah. it's cold out. Why Man, did I wait? How, and how many years have you done Wazi Circus? About the same amount, huh? Seven years? Um, yeah, as soon as you met, uh, we I were mean, talking about, well, after I broke my ankle, you are like, hey, we should go ahead and work on your uh, on your canopy over at the, uh, at at the, the dunes, dunes where yeah. you can't kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Which you still try to kill yourself at the dunes. 
Oh, that was fun. I remember that trip. Do you remember that trip? Jimmy would, hey, yo, Jimmy. <laughs> We'd get Jimmy kited up, and everybody would even push him down the hill, and he'd fly straight up, arms straight up, right into the ground. <laughs> We're like, fucking flare. You didn't even flinch, dude. You just took it. Fucking feet, knees, face. Boom. Did you get up? Fucking wrap that motherfucker up and hike back up the hill. There oh. wasn't enough wind. <laughs> to flare? No, to go back up the hill. That, yeah, that was so hike. painful. Oh, my God. I remember one year we had to send a drone after you because we couldn't fucking Last find two you. Years. Last year, you could never fucking find Jimmy. This year, you were fighting that paraglider. Man, that was fun. What happened with the paraglider? Because I got mm-hmm. off. I took a couple steps and I was out of there. Oh, Every time I would get up and I was working my way up, it would just, uh, the wind would stop just Man, enough. I had to have somebody help me, like hold me and push me up the hill, and then I was able to take off. Yeah, that was fun. The The problem with people helping as long as, like, if you have it over your head, that's fine, but if they're right. trying to, like, help get it up, uh, unless they really know how a paraglider works, it's yeah, not it's, that it's helpful. They're in the way, they're tripping and falling. Because over you want that center to inflate first so it goes straight up, otherwise, it's going, it's going one way or other. Yeah. And Unlike these canopies, where even if like one side comes up, it's going straight over your head. This inflates, you're going whatever direction it wants to go. <laughs> and it'll spin like a motherfucker on you. At which point you're sitting there just cussing it out because you're like, I gotta untangle all this just yeah. to get started to do it's it again. It's hard. Paragliding's hard, you guys. But it's, it's fun. Come on, it's fun, but coming from the skydiving world, there's like triple the amount of risers and shit. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. You look up, it's like, oh, fuck. But Each teaches, line set has a set of risers, and it's like just a lot. At first, it's a lot of lines, man. You know, and there's pulleys and magnets and shit. You're like, what? And trim. But it teaches you a lot better about aerodynamics and how everything works, especially because under the canopy, skydive canopy, you're just going to the ground. That, that's the only thing it does is it goes right, to the right, ground right, quickly. Right. Where here, you learn, hey, how to turn, what your inputs are going to do to it. How, just let go and let it fly, that you mm-hmm. can do that. Yeah. Instead of, I have to put in co- input all the time. It's like, no, stop. Stop doing that. Just leave it alone. <laughs> uh, trims for faster or mm. slower flight, more acrobatic, or just cruising. It's a really cool vehicle, isn't yep. it? Paraglider is amazing. It's, it's, it's more intricate than the skydiving parachute. Well, I mean, it In certain ways. In certain ways. Well, no, you get up into those fucking sub-100s. <laughs> There's certain things in those turns and, like, coming down those swoops and those flares that those little canopies got dialed in, too. I'm excited to jump some fluid. If we get a drop zone in El Paso, I'm excited to jump some fluid wing shit. If not, I'll just be at the tunnel. How much tunnel time do you got? You got fucking Too much. 20, 30, 40, 50 hours in tunnel time? I got more than a Tesla worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up, Jimmy. Yeah, but it's over like seven years. Yeah, but yeah, it's probably e- about that. Easy to blow that loot. Uh, especially hey. when uh, I had fewer. Uh, well, when everything was cheaper too, like when it was ten dollar or ten yeah, ten dollar minutes, yeah, it was like, oh yeah, sure, why not? I'll put three hundred dollars because it's uh, that's one third the price, and I get yeah. all this extra time. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> oh, I know. Now it's like, can I find someone who com- is willing to go in? <laughs> like you're gonna split. And um, when did you start doing flight nights? That was in the beginning too, wasn't it? Um, it was. I started coming in after I broke my ankle and um, just had nothing else to do and was watching the guys there. I was like, man, I, I, nope, I can't do that. They're all so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> but <laughs> from my perspective, they look good. Oh, right. Oh, the flight nights? Yeah. Oh, God. I know, right? To the outside world, you're like, they're killing it. And then you, know, but you don't know like, what you're... Oh, God. <laughs> they're all going to kill gonna each die. other. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to die. They're all going to die. <laughs> There's four of them. No one lives. Yeah, no one lives. <laughs> Run it again. <laughs> and, and until you know what you're looking for, you just yeah. don't know. And plus, like, yeah, you're trying to watch a full formation. You're watching everybody instead of going, hey, you just watch per- one person, then move so over and watch right. the next and watch the next because... You got to learn what they're doing, but that's that takes time. But then once you learn, like, oh, hey, all you have to do is learn your position in the formation at a minimum, and you're you're going to be fine for the team. You're golden for the team. Right. You just play your position. Um, let's go to the ankle story. Oh, that was just stupid. I understand now what happened. Back then, uh, I figured, oh, it's wind or something. No, I was just reaching for the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was reaching for... So where are you at? How many jumps? Uh, That was, uh, Spaceland Houston. 
Okay. Uh, that, was, that was number nine. No, um, number nine. The day was going perfectly too, and that was. I actually had spent uh, so the first two jumps that I did uh, was um, tandem over there, and then it was weather, and that was uh, that was when I met you. It was the next day because there was weather, and um, oh, what's his name? One of the instructors there. God, I can't remember right offhand. He's still there. Um, but he sent me over to go to you because, you know. well, he was my tandem instructor. And he knew more than I did of how bad I was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're tandem? Yes. Oh, God. That's He's why he was like, you should go see Waz over there. Just tell him you're, you you're going to be a skydiver. Yeah, don't tell Waz you're going to be a skydiver. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> He's going to destroy oh, you in the tunnel. Let's go back. Dude knew you were that bad then. <laughs> yeah, he but could he, tell off a tandem. He wasn't. Uh, he, he he was being polite. Because <laughs> uh, it was rough. But I mean, you know how to fly now. It's no, yes. no joke oh, now. It but took me an hour it, in the tunnel just to get basic belly. Belly. Forward back turns, man. Just not to crush into the wall. <laughs> uh, and you know why? I know why it took you so long. You're so smart. You cheat a lot. You find a cheat and you try to use it instead of learning the complete hard way to do well, it. Well, back then, I fought the wind. I, I, the whole time, for like an hour, I finally burned myself out. I was so tired. <laughs> and then I, you just I, let go. I was like, wait, this is working. <laughs> I should do this. Well, I still see you do the elbow cut to cheat to come down instead of arching. I had to tell you to arch like four times. You'd arch, and you'd be like, oh, this sucks. And you bring your elbows and try to fly that. And that's tough, man. Well, part of bringing it in, though, it, it forces me to fly two people, too. Arch. Oh, I'd need to do both. <laughs> <laughs> I see you go, okay, ugh, and you arch, and we get like two points, and you go, fuck that, you bring your elbows, and I'm like, fucking Jimmy. <laughs> it's easier to go back to what's, what I've been doing. Oh, that's fun. So, I mean, what were you doing before you made that tandem? Like, what possessed you to go skydive? How old were you? Um, apparently whatever seven years ago was. Um, okay, so, so this is that recently, yeah. I'm... 38, I guess. Okay. Uh, something like that. Right on. But uh, just got a, well, I had got out of the Air Force and now had a uh, uh, a new job. It was basically two years later. Uh, got a degree in computer science. So I went over and got a programming job at uh, Accenture, like one of the world's largest consulting companies. I was like, I don't just don't want to work for the government. Of course, first. All the contracts are for the government. government. So I was like, all right, I give up. You win. <laughs> you think like, I escaped? Can I work for you again, please? Hmm. Well, no, I I don't want to work. I'd rather be a contractor. Um, but the but the first project that I was put on over there, we did literally nothing. You would show up, and the bosses would just go like, if they showed up at all, would say hi, and then they vanish. And it's like, well, what's going on? And so the end of the day comes and you just leave and, and then, then uh, that's what you did out of the air force for two years no uh well no immediately out of the air force first thing i did was go to japan so that was fun um and then after well, you, that well, you just went out there for fun yeah right on. have you visited there before uh twice before i think yeah. okay um, and where, what city uh well that trip i went to fukuoka to a language school and so that was uh, a lot of fun we also did it it's a cultural language school, so it's not like a, a hardcore whatever. It, right. You go do trips and other things. And you pay for that yourself? You like? Yeah. How much I, was that? I'm wondering. It wasn't that expensive. Not back then. Right. Um, I mean, today, it's impossible. And for now. years? How long did you go for? No, it was only a month. Oh, it was a month, but yeah. you still got to live in Japan. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, and it was nice because uh, uh, I went to Fukuoka, which is on the southern big uh, main chain of islands. Um, mm -hmm. And so that place is more Japanese than like, so I had been to Tokyo for my previous trips and uh, Tokyo is a major metropolitan city. Uh, right. So it is, are the people there Japanese, but there's a lot of English spoken. Every, every sign, if you speak English, uh, you have, you'll have no problem right in on. Tokyo because it's just another English city, basically. Right. I mean, there, it has it has Japanese characteristics, but it's nothing like when you go out to the towns or anything where, where they don't speak any English or they, they barely speak any English and they have the Japanese customs and uh, approaches and thought patterns and yeah. stuff. And that's also when you learn, hey, they're all very. Um, and that's by design. They're 
they're group oriented. So if you're mm -hmm. not in the group, you're out of the group and right. they don't let you in the group without a lot of effort. And mm -hmm. so if you go to like to the language school, they they know all the people and they know, hey, they're coming from the language school and they're going to leave. So <laughs> we're really fine with it. Like it'd be nice to them because they're leaving. Uh, oh, that's funny. It's like uh, if you're a tourist, they're like, oh, OK, we'll be nice to you. But if you live there for a while, they'll put on the nice face because they're polite. Um, they want to be polite. And but at the same time, they don't respect you because you're not Japanese. I mean, it's but that's general in most countries. If you're not a local, they you don't get respect because you're not a local. Right, so right, right. It. But how much how much Japanese did you pick up? Um, enough for conversation, um, basic conversation. They call you gaijin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean that that's literally the that, word for foreigner. It, that's it, literally just gaijin. Uh, I mean it's really gaikokujin, but it's shortened. Yeah, gaikokujin. Yeah. But because um, it's foreign person, whatever it doesn't matter. Have you read James Clavell? No, don't even know the name. That's such a good author. All right, yeah, cool, man. That's cool. Actually, one of the problems is I don't read enough anymore. Uh, I spend almost all my time studying uh, and researching, and so uh, I don't do much uh, actual book reading uh, like I should be doing. Occasionally, I might get like a philosophy book or something to read, but uh, most of the time, it's just I've got to keep up with uh, with tech. I got to keep up with my job and keep improving on that, and. And there's, when people say, oh, hey, the younger generation coming in is really good at tech. No, they're not. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, because one of the interesting things about uh, software engineering, everything new is old. Uh, right now, there's the big containerization, which is called Docker, uh, is the primary one that's uh, common. It's a 1970s technology. Uh, but that is the, the new hotness that is what has powered the cloud. And, Oh, really? Okay. Then there's container orchestration, which is still the same thing as it used to be back then. And it's everything uh, everything new is the old stuff. It's just a new shiny polish that makes it uh, why isn't easier there a new a new platform? Like what? I don't know. What do you why why did they stop in 1970? It, it's not that. It's just they they came up with the technology then and then. But one of the problems is. A lot of the computers, like micro uh, microprocessing computers, didn't have the power to handle. Uh, massive servers did, but uh, but if you're dealing with your local eight megahertz, uh, if you're lucky with that, uh, computer, sixteen bit uh, bus, it, it, right. there's one no reason for it. You didn't need it. And number two, it, it just didn't have the power or the memory or anything else for it. That's why you could only run run one program on those old computers. Right. But it did it well. So uh, what about now? What are you guys like? So let's catch people up a little bit. Work at NASA. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. yeah he always does that. <laughs> Fuck that, man. <laughs> that's fucking amazing. I mean, I, that was one of my goals. Uh, of, that's part of why I, when I went to go start uh, my software development portion of the career, um, I decided I should start at the bottom uh, because, yeah, I have a long history, a long work history, and uh, as well as management history. And how many years in the Air Force? Uh, ten years, well, eleven, I guess. Yeah, eleven. Right on. Um, and then before that, I, I had been working since uh, eighteen at least, and so mm -hmm. I had another. Was it eight years? Uh, so I got in the Air Force as an older person too. So okay. Uh, it was like when I was a, a brand new lieutenant, the other brand new lieutenants were four and five years younger and other things like that. So what possessed you to go to the Air Force? Um, well, I had wanted to do it anyways uh, before I started college. Mm -hmm. Terrible college student, by the way. But uh, You were? Really? I barely graduated. What uh, were you doing? I mean, playing I, games I, I like failed out of uh, an entire semester, nothing but Fs uh, straight across the board. What were you fucking doing? Working. I like that way more than college. College Working, is boring. What were you doing for work? Uh, stupid stuff. Delivery and uh, <laughs> working in warehouses. And you almost blew your fucking career in warehouses, dude. <laughs> you know what? God has his plan for He has his way, right? He has his way. Because had I not done that, uh, I wouldn't have been delayed until the point that I did apply for the Air Force and ended up... Because when I first... Uh, uh, applied for the Air Force, I had no interest in flying or anything like that. It was like, well, that's kind of complicated and don't really want to be involved with that. Because right. um, I like 
systems and system design and working with systems. But uh, by the time that I got to the point where I was applying for it, uh, they're like, well, one, you have 2010 vision. So we, we they're like, you should be a pilot. And I'm like, um, no, but I'll go with the navigator. It's like, I, I don't really know what the you navigator does. They offered you pilot. They offered you Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun, that's Navy. But I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but I mean, still, you had a chance. In the Air Force, it's called that. weapons school. But, um, yeah, I know. Miramar, the best of the best. That movie was fucking amazing. Did you see it? Did you see it? The new one? Yes. Not yet. Fucking amazing. F- Spoiler alert, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I've heard from plenty of places. It's, it's so like, good. Oh, it's so good. It's Talk an entertaining movie. Uh, Fuck it, off. You probably take it apart. Yeah, a lot of it's probably bullshit. No? Uh, I heard it's pretty decent. Okay. I mean, It's obviously going to have a movie match as much as... But yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a little old Iron Eagle in there. Iron Eagle. Yeah. Now, that was a... That was a different movie. <laughs> I know, and I don't know why they did it, but they did. They did. It was really cool. There's a little like ode to it, and they're like, if you know, you see it, you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. The downside of uh, so my position in the Air Force was a electronic warfare officer, and I was specifically on B fifty two, which meant I did defense, um, because there are also uh, what are uh, recce, uh, uh, basically spies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on other planes where they just listen and they collect uh, collect information and uh, it develop whatever we need to pass the intel around that's needed for going to war, for defending things and stuff like so that. So these are like snoops in the sky. Yeah. These are like offices. The nice Flying thing about offices. those guys, though, they're in charge of their plane. Where on my plane, I'm in charge of my seat. And that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> I can eject if I want. <laughs> but uh, that you can eject out of those things in your seat? In a B-52, yeah. Every your seat ejects? There's uh, six ejection seats. Two no for the pilots, shit. two in the back. One is the gunner, but we don't have a gunner anymore. One is the electronic warfare officer. Then downstairs are the two navigators, and they can eject down. Wow. Does it automatic eject if something goes no. wrong? It, so it is all manual. Fire, it is all manual. Yeah, the... Uh, so if you're unconscious, you're not you're not getting the fuck out of there unless someone pulls for you. But yeah. um, I uh, that's actually a conversation that happens from time to time. Uh, yeah. Hey, what are we gonna do in various situations? They have uh, a program called CRM Crew Resource Management where they go through. Hey, here's these different situations. Talk Butch through whatever know. with your particular crew because generally you get assigned to a crew that you typically fly with when you're in um, in the operations part of the air force and where once you continue if you go to uh like the operation squadron which is not the operations part um they're the support squadron so they support operations and then you start getting assigned as an instructor to various uh, squadrons over there and you generally start focusing more on the instruction side as well as supporting uh combat operations doing mission planning uh whatever is needed too many nuts. reports. Too and you just fly around all the fucking time with an ejection seat. You know what? The reason they didn't do it because that shit might go off on accident during a mission. Or could you accidentally pop that shit and just be out of the plane? No, you arm your seat as soon as uh, as in your checklist. You arm the seat prior to takeoff. So you. So it's ready at any moment. Then. Yeah. By arming the seat. For my seat, I had these pins. You just take the pins out. It's now ready because <laughs> all you do is you rotate yeah. the handles. Yeah. Well, there's two handles. You only have to rotate one of them. So that way, like, if if there's a, like, a, yeah, if, like, AAA comes in, takes out this half of your body, you can still eject with the other side or whatever. Like it just falls straight down? No, you go up. And shoot out the top. Yeah. No helmet on. You have a helmet on? Yes. You the always have ride? a helmet on. The I mean, how do you, you can't hear anybody without it. It has the speakers and it has your okay. mask and everything. It, it's oh, used to hold. Your it. oxygen. So the plane's not pressurized? No, it's pressurized. But you still have oxygen. Yeah, you, you have your oxygen hose because, I mean, it's pressurized to a lower pressure. But And it has it has a whole bunch of holes. When you walk around the plane in flight, you can, like, when you go downstairs, you, you can see, see uh, underneath the plane uh, because you're walking over to go to the bathroom and you're looking down. It's like, uh, oh, there, if oh, you're over the water, there's the ocean. Well, that's fucking crazy. The only time I get to see out of the plane, my seat uh, faces backwards. Uh, it's pretty dark back there, so uh, no uh, windows. How fucking uncomfortable is that? That's not bad. How many hours? Uh, I don't remember. Uh, maybe 1,600. 
Oh, I mean, like, like I mean, a day. You'd be flat for eight hours a day, three hours? Um, when I joined, uh, our typical um, training missions were eight to ten hours, and eventually it was cut down to about four hours. Uh, Do you even realize you're, you're, you're flying after a while, or are you just working? I mean, it's always work, but it's... Uh, but the eight to ten hours is on purposes because there's some kind of physiological change that happens once you get used to that. You can basically continue endlessly from that point on. Uh, you get used to it. But um, really, that's fucking nuts. Yeah. Well, it's just like when I when I was working in the Air Force, it wasn't unusual to do twelve-hour days, six days a week, sometimes seven uh, or longer. And there were like when I was. Uh, deployed to Guam when we were doing uh, mission support. We were working uh, 18 to 20 hours a day uh, and it was just, we went in, we mission planned, we debriefed, we briefed uh, mm -hmm. the uh, base commander, we briefed the people who were before they go flying, they come back and in that time we're preparing all the mission planning and everything else and working with all our, uh, all the other agencies to coordinate all this stuff so that way all the all the people who are going to go fly have to do is they just walk in, they get their paperwork, they mm -hmm. go to the plane, they take off, go do their little they sortie, the come back, and I don't have any problem yeah, with right that. On, right on. So I that mean, I, w I was the I was the person who came in and did the same thing: you pick up the paperwork, go fly, uh, do that, and we would fly every once in a while for a currency. So. Right. Okay. So, do you get your pilot's license while you're there? No, uh, I did half of that through what they called Nifty. Um, it was navigator initial flight training, mm -hmm. and that was so. But while you, the real purpose was to occupy your time before your class started. No, um, oh, really. <laughs> uh, and so we, uh, I went to San Antonio because the uh, Randolph is where the navigator training happens, and we went to the San Antonio airport, flew Cessnas for twenty something hours, got signed off, did yeah. the uh, FAA test, uh, had to pass that, and then then went to do navigator training. You, and you don't want to continue? Oh, you do. Can you jump? I got somehow last in my class, but I was able to choose. Uh, <laughs> somehow he gave a wrong with it too. I got last in my class because uh, uh, at that time I wanted to be a navigator. Uh, I didn't know anything about electronic warfare. I was like, well, I don't know anything about it, so I don't want to do it. Right. Ended up in electronic warfare. The after that point, it was like everybody wanted to do that. It's like, what? Well, well, hey, what? The people right. who were first in the class wanted is the last of the class was uh, the one who. Ended up in there with oh, my funny. class, and so ended up over there. And at the time, I still wasn't interested in doing the combat thing or whatever. wasn't really confident that I, I had the skills to handle that. And that was entertaining. That we had one guy who was gung ho. Yeah, I'm going whatever combat. Like, uh, sure, whatever. I I don't mind. You do whatever you want. Right. Uh, uh it's like I I want to go on the recce side. So didn't go to the recce, obviously. Um. Uh, and uh, when I was doing the the simulators with the combat stuff, I was like, oh, so this is what you're doing? It's like, it's actually really interesting. It's, uh, it, it really challenges your mind on how you have to manage the aircraft, you have to manage the crew on the aircraft, the weapons on the aircraft. Uh, you have to know where all the threats are, and whenever pop-up threats, figure out where they are, come up with a plan while you're flying of, how to avoid it, you know, kind of like coming up wow. with a plan to land and not flare. Yeah, um. right, and not flare. <laughs> is, it how, is it ever, is it to feel video gameish sometimes? Like fucking, like, like um, World of Warcraft style? Like there's so much shit going on? No. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's what about with these battlefield games? I can't even imagine what the real shit is. Not really. Did uh, you see any real action? Were you guys involved mm, in real action? Yeah. Like a but lot? I mean, huh? no. No? I, uh, I did our... We did our combat deployment and where we flew over Afghanistan, rarely. I mean, we did stuff, but rarely was any of it uh, Dang. particularly dangerous. I mean, uh, on occasion, there were possible problems, but wasn't that big of a deal. Do you guys have escorts, or are you just up there alone? Because um, you're way up there, aren't well, you? Well, uh, over Afghanistan, well, we can't talk about that part, but over okay. Afghanistan... Um, it was it's permissible airspace. Afghan uh, the Taliban don't have an air force. They don't really have much on the ground. They ha they have just the man portable uh, systems called man pads. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just the missile they have on the shoulder and shoulder launch. And so that's the main threat that we have. Or small arms fire if uh, we're low enough that they're shooting it that they can maybe reach us. But 
How high can a bullet go? It's only like a mile, right? Yeah, and so if you're under a mile, then they well, can 5, hit you. 5,000 feet, yeah, they can hit you at full grand. So, um, because, like, sometimes we would do uh, low passes over areas to disperse riding crowds and things like that. And uh, Really? Yeah. They fly jets over to scare the shit out of people? Yeah, like uh, one night um, there was, uh, they had just, geniuses, um, had fired all the police officers, but they didn't take their weapons yet. <laughs> So they all just started rioting because they still had their weapons. And so we did a couple passes over there, and every time we'd do a pass, they would break up, and it would took the pressure off of the uh, the remaining police, remaining police because who were being attacked by the former police. Oh, my God. Uh, what a fucking shit show that place sounds like. It, it's it's a... Uh, well, it, it's different because they were... After World War II... Um, they started uh, started getting uh, understanding the technologies and the different uh, more modern uh, forms of uh, systems that we use because I, I won't call it um, better or it's just different uh, because like our policing, our centralized policing, whatever, is significantly different than what in the past where you would have a couple people within a village or whatever who handle right. your security purposes. And any time that you need more, well, all the men of the village get together, and now you have your militia, and your militia fights off whoever's invading your your village or your particular right. area. Similar to why the way our uh, Second Amendment's written, is you form a militia, and that's kind of the point of being able to form a militia is in case you are you have a reason Under for attack. it. So, but... For them, they what de- they try to try to centralize policing thing when they're used to having the community policing, and that's why it fucking fell apart because they didn't give a fuck. No, um, I mean, for a while things were going actually fairly well. They were developing. Uh, basically, everyone wanted to be America after World War II uh, mm-hmm. because it, look, America just dominated the entire world during a, a conflict, and so that's rather impressive. Right. And well, we our culture is definitely. Uh, it doesn't transfer well to other places. Right. It's a the culture of the United States really is set for a particular type of people, a particular type of belief system, and a particular uh, just a particular way of life. And uh, established cultures in other places, if you're trying to replace them, they're obviously going to push back against mm-hmm. that. And so that's part of why we failed badly in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and all these other places that we tried to impose a, a culture that is not theirs. It, it's better to build yours and let it spread out rather than try to go somewhere else and then create it. Unless you're going to go and genocide everyone, then uh, yeah, the yeah. land's yours, but that's not the best approach to doing things. So Ukraine and Russia? Uh, that's just... From my perspective, it's two corrupt oligarchies fighting each other. Yeah, we shouldn't be involved. At all, right? Uh, I mean, I feel really bad for the Ukraine people. I think it's terrible what's happening. But I don't think we should be involved because we. it doesn't, from the United States perspective, there's no threat to the, uh, to the United States. In fact, getting involved creates a threat to the United States. That's what it sounds like. Um, and this whole thing should never have happened. It should have... Uh, the U.S. should have been very clear that we will never accept Ukraine as a member of NATO, and that well, why basically not? why not why not accept every country that wants to be part of NATO in the NATO? Why wouldn't they have you're that putting, all-inclusive? You're now putting an existential threat on Russia, well, and that would that's mean at that point their response is full nuclear war, and and it's justified at that point because you're saying you're no longer a sovereign nation, and we're going to destroy your sovereignty from any way we can. And so it would it's justify. Saying that, it's saying that to Putin. If they became part of the UN. Well, it's not just Putin. It, it's Putin is the head of the state, but Putin is supported by a rather large government. Uh, th- these things don't happen in a vacuum. It's not right, one right, person. Right, uh, right. I, it's not you're sitting at a computer playing a video game and you go, I move this person over here, and it does it automatically because it's not a real person. It's just a computer thing. No, right. people have agreed. The Russian soldiers going out to fight. Uh, not all of them may agree, but they are all within that system, and they have not uh, revolted in any way. So, uh, if you really wanted, if you really didn't agree with what you're doing, revolt, get killed. I mean, it, it sucks, uh, but that's what you have to do. Otherwise, you're going to continue keeping that system going. That's what we did in the U.S. We revolted against uh, 
against uh, England. We revolted against uh, the, uh, well, the southern and uh, northern countries uh, revolted against each other and had a war and eventually hashed it out. But, um, and the nice thing about, uh, the reason why the U.S. is not in a continuous civil war, although it's getting there again, uh, but did the civil, uh, so-called civil war, um, uh, so-called civil war, the real civil war, uh, is a so-called civil war. I would not call it a civil war. It was between two sovereign nations. Uh, the southern states left peacefully, and the northern states basically invaded the southern states. So it it was more of a invasion from the northern states. It was some Ukraine shit. <laughs> yeah, actually, that that's <laughs> not they, a bad. We example. annexed. We annexed the southern states. Yes, uh, and. I don't disagree with the ending of uh, slavery through that. That That's the only real good that came of that thing. But it expanded the powers of the federal government just beyond what it should ever have been and what the founders really wanted. They wanted a weakish uh, federal government, and they wanted the states to have a strong uh, government for themselves. So that way you – so we have a nation right now of 50 states plus, what is it, seven ter- territories. Mm-hmm. And the individual states should be – uh, as they call them, the laboratories of democracy. You, California doesn't have to be the same as Texas. They can have whatever crazy rules and whatever they right. want. California and Texas can have whatever crazy rules and whatever it wants. So how is that not happening now? Don't states have different laws? The and federal government uh, has basically in, invaded every space that there is. And so, like, when it, when Texas passed its... Uh, laws regarding uh the abortion the federal government stepped in and said hey no you can't do that through our judiciary and whatever Mm. else and but nowhere in the constitution is abortion something that is in there so that should remain at the state level that that should Mm. be hashed out at between the individual states and that's the argument against roe v wade is the fact that the federal government has no authority over it just like marriage federal government has no authority over marriage there's nowhere inside of it now, we do accept the fact that within, even though it is not spe- explicitly re- written in there, we do interpret there are additional rights from the federal level. And so then that's where some of the argument uh, goes on. And that's why we take them up to the Supreme Court. And then that's the question of is, is like, is abortion, is marriage, is, uh, well, in the case of gun rights, yes, the, the gun rights part is clearly defined in the in the constitution but the other two are not and so can you find within the constitution something that justifies these things uh, right. these additional rights and that's which, where the interpretations come from i've interpreted it to read it this way and that's why you'll see the back and forth push on it which should happen you should have a vigorous debate upon anything that the government is involved in because the government has only one mechanism to uh to make laws and that's through the use of violence right uh, force. because if you don't use, uh, ultimately everything is violence. Taxation is violence because so say you decide not to uh, pay your taxes, then they'll say, okay, well, well here's your bill. Uh, we'll send you out a new bill and a penalty. Well, I'm not going to pay that. And they say, well, we're going to seize your property. Well, I'm not going to let you. Uh, well, we're going to send out armed people to take your property. Well, I'm going to kill those people. Uh, and then suddenly now you're in a civil war, and depending on how many people get involved in defending the property from being seized by the government. And so the, so you don't want to give the government any more power than it absolutely needs to maintain a base level of, uh, of, ex- uh, of uh, services and expected, basically, uh, in our case, whatever to protect our freedoms to a so, certain extent. So let's let's go back to the um, the annexation of the southern states. How come sex, Texas still has the right to secede? If doesn't, they want. But, I mean, just, everybody does have the right. Every state has the right to every secede. State does. Uh, from my my perspective, now the yes, the courts have said no uh, that no state has the right to secede. But if you don't enforce it, and the court has zero enforcement capability, the only thing that it can enforce it uh, is the um, executive and the uh, congressional branch. Uh, the so that's one of the things about like the Supreme Court, they make a decision like. Well, great. Thanks. You make a decision. I'm ignoring you. Like, well, uh, we can send our military. To, no, we don't have one. All right. Oh, well. Wow. So that's why people tell the. So that's how they like, ignore those judiciary things. Oh, that's. Weird. There's, there's, well, and that's true in 
if you back up far enough, the government is just basically the largest mafia out there. <laughs> the the only way that they can control an area or to claim an area is through violence. Uh, because if you say, hey, uh, a great example was, um, uh, what was that in Portland? The Chaz Chop whatever thing. Yeah, that thing. That um, was ridiculous. But they left the United States for that period of time. Uh, what, that little area? Yeah. But they stole that area. Uh, well, you can argue that part, but but they left the United States. And because the they United States, uh, it doesn't matter whether you vote or whatever, the territory was no longer under control of the uh, federal, state, or local government. It had its own government at that point. They had their own security forces. They had their own uh, border controls, which is kind of hilarious because they were anti-border, but with their own borders. Right. Um, but uh, they... But they became their own nation temporarily. Did they go that big? That's basically what uh, what they really became. So in the media, of course, my limited access, they played them like a joke, and it was just homeless people taking over a neighborhood. But that that neighborhood no longer uh, was in was, the United was, States. In reality, no, because the police could not enter there. Uh, they would get attacked, uh, and and that's ultimately what a nation is is only what can be enforced through violence uh, and wow. you so you don't want uh, you want as little power and as little authority to the governments you have only to the minimum necessary to do what uh, what you're willing to give up uh, because whatever you give to the government is a right you're giving up from yourself and you're saying uh, like when we give policing power over to the government we are saying we have given up the uh, the right authority ourselves well, we've given up the authority to use violence ourselves, to, and it's not a bad idea. Um, yeah, I mean, you still sh you still have at least in the United States. Uh, there's other countries where you literally don't, but in the United States, you still have the right of self-defense. Uh, no matter what, you can always defend yourself against violence being done against you. Now you then have to go to court and justify that, and you may lose, and you may go to jail, even though you what you did was justified. Because, hey, maybe the government came down and used violence on you. You're allowed to defend yourself against it and expect the consequences for doing so. And the government doesn't like anybody who opposes it. Uh, right. Because um, it's a big club and you're not in it. But, right. wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, that's why the libertarian point of view is the smaller and smaller government you can get to and, if possible, no government, uh, which is anarchy. Now, anarchy is not violence. Uh, violence is the exact opposite of anarchy. Uh, violence is the ultimate expression of authority, uh, mm -hmm. where anarchy is the absence of rulers. Uh, it's not the absence of rules, though. So Right. But, okay, but yeah, we're not going to have anarchy because that's ridiculous. Um, well, no, actually, it's, uh, it's a pretty good system. Uh, how, how would you support a military if you have an anarchist society with no central government? Um, well... So let's say you have a, let's say for some crazy reason the United States all becomes a, just a giant anarchy. So there's no centralized government. There's no, no, there there will be small governments, but mm -hmm. it's different in the way that, because they're all voluntary. So it's, it's like you go to, you choose your government. Uh, it's like, hey, Corporation X will become my government. And I don't like you because your policies have changed or your prices have changed. I'm going to Corporation Y. You're now my new government. I haven't moved or anything else. You just become the people who have the rules and you negotiate for me uh, on matters that are have been agreed to be matters yeah, that you're going to deal with. Does that ruin free travel throughout the country? That no. Ruin, yeah. Why not? If these small, they might not want anybody in their communities based on their that's fine race, religion, ethnic. So you can't so travel across the land. If, if it's I no put longer up, a free country. If I put up a wall around uh, my property, can you uh, legally enter it? No. That then what has yeah, changed? That's not cool. Well, I guess. Would that's a sto so would a shop not want people to come in and spend their money at the shop? Would they not allow free travel uh, to their right. shop? Would they not then pay? Uh, the people who own the land in between because yeah. they get a profit from it. Yeah, but as a black man in the past, this sounds <laughs> fucking fishy, bro. <laughs> it doesn't sound cool at all. It's actually, it sounds like I'm about to be excluded from fucking something, Jimmy. But you're making <clears throat> you're making one of the mistakes is you're assuming that uh, that that's what's going to happen. And actually, 
in many cases, do you want to go to some place that is that way? Do you want to per- go and provide your services, no. your funds to a place that way? No, no. So it's a Wouldn't better it be way to better if it. they just go out and go, these people are terrible people. Yeah, I don't want to interact with them. And, and that's the truth, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that would be better to be have a clear sign. And that's part of the advantage of like the First Amendment, uh, the freedom of speech. You should be allowed to be as hateful as possible. That way we can argue why you're wrong. Right, right. Uh, but not, yeah, don't force you to hide it and we all um, just act like it doesn't exist. Oh, what's his name? Uh, the the black guy who uh, re- regularly convinces people to leave the uh, KKK. Yeah, um, yeah, I forget his name. Yeah, that um, guy. Wish I could remember it right offhand. Uh, Antifa hates him. Uh, they literally want him dead. Uh, really? But, yeah. Um, it, it's weird. I I don't understand. That doesn't make sense at all. But um, I kind of understand. But it's just, I'd rather live in a place that's peaceful where people want to interact. Can we Google his name real quick? Um, he, um, he, he's a, that he he reforms Klan, Ku Klux Klan, and he just goes to talk to him. And in many cases, as he's pointed out. Uh, it's people who've never interacted with anyone. The black guy at all. And yeah. I guess it's the first time they ever had a beard. And black they're guy. like, oh, you're just a person. And then, yeah, that's how powerful lies are, huh? Especially if they're indoctrinated young. Well, you have no and idea. And that's the danger of social media right now. Uh, if you sit at home all day long uh, and uh, you just go like, hey, here's my, my limited source of rage bait places. And all I do all day is just read this, and I think the world's getting worse and worse and worse. Like, go out and touch grass, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get, get some air, son. Uh, because uh, it's always, you know what? Uh, one, there's usually some justification behind the rage of whatever it is. But his name Bill Davis. Yes. That's not Bill. That's him. Yeah, no, that's him. <laughs> yeah, but that was him. Um, but yes, <laughs> Daryl Davis is an yeah. amazing man um, and very brave for what he's done. Yep, that's crazy. But hey, because I, I, man, one on one, everybody's cool. No, there, the there are people that just are terrible people. I, mean, uh, I the majority of people are are fucking cool, Jimmy. Yeah, but I mean, there are legitimate terrible people yes. they're they're generally the people in government that we vote for but hey <laughs> yeah. oh. maybe we, at the beginning we said we weren't going to get political oh we i know that's, that's why i don't like going into oh, this direction oh, let's see. Sorry, so let's turn there's off so many other more interesting let's, things let's, yes like aliens you work for nasa <laughs> motherfucker you guys are into some crazy shit i was even in the air force and we flew around yeah man so and my pilot always messed with us trying to say he's seen crap and whatever was he fucking with you or was he real? he's always fucking with us so captain david fravor all the other stuff are those just military vehicles that we've developed that look like alien Good technology chance. really what about that submersible that's hauling ass you can't go that fast in water can you why not it's just so thick i don't know it just seems i mean uh we have so one of the things that uh, i was taught early in the military when uh discussing some of the topics of hey uh because when i was looking at some of our um plans for uh some of our missions that we have uh, that uh, were specific to the b-52 is like yeah, play that shit. why would we do this so this seems like a really bad plan is it trust the plan because uh, mm-hmm. looking at it is like this is this, we're never going to make it to target we're not even going to get the weapons off the plane and they go no trust the plan and the what he's can't say because this guy actually has worked in many of those uh, skunk work areas is um but what he did say is you know uh like the the high-tech stuff that's secret right now that's on our plane high-tech um <laughs> yeah it, it's fairly old but uh he said our technology is at least 25 years in many cases 50 years ahead of everyone else's he said trust the plan because there's stuff you don't know about and will, mm. and probably through in your lifetime may never know about, hopefully, uh, and I hope not, because there's stuff uh, I learned as I was in there uh, of I hope never uh, never is needed, but uh, it's just way ahead of everybody else. And so that's why it's always, yeah, we, we seem to always be like at... Uh, or even to whoever our near peer is. Mm-hmm. Uh, in reality, we're usually fairly far ahead of them, but we don't like to expose that. And so we don't. Those hypersonic nukes. Are we ahead of them? Can we stop them? Don't know. Can't say. 
Don't know if you're gonna say. Um, but it sounds like we're behind. I would, I would not worry about it. Um, okay. First off, it's Russia. Um, <laughs> oh, about North Korea and China. Well, North Korea, uh, I wouldn't worry. North Korea's focus is on maintaining indiv- uh, their independent sovereignty. Um, they just the one lesson that uh, Gaddafi uh, has taught us: mm-hmm. don't give up your nukes. don't give up your fucking nukes, and no one ever will after that. And uh, well, going back to politics, uh, yeah. Gaddafi was working on the uh, the gold dinar. Yep, and he's about to get off the American dollar. And that would have destroyed uh, the global system. Um, Yep. He tried to create his own money, and they took him out. So I don't know if y'all... Well, it's not just that. Hillary Clinton took his ass out. It's money that would be difficult to inflate your way out of debt. Because that's what the U.S. does. It it just makes your money so... Like, oh, we'll never pay off $30 trillion of debt. We don't have to. You know why? We'll just uh, reduce the value of the dollar by 99%. And then, okay, $30 trillion, that's nothing. Here, let's go to Zimbabwe and grab your $30 trillion bill and uh, same type of thing, except we do it over a longer time period at destroying people's individual value. And that's why you can never get ahead in the U.S. if you don't invest, if you don't own something, if you don't own an asset. Uh, Because your assets, my car shouldn't be an asset, but at the moment it is. It keeps getting more expensive. It's like, I just hope never to wreck that thing at this point. Right. Um, because, like, when I bought it, I paid, um, what, 42 for it. Mm-hmm. And now it's going for almost 60 Like the, the, it's I've had it for seven, eight months, something like that. That's uh, crazy. Like, this is dumb. Of course, I paid for it well before that. But um, uh, the... Uh, that's the battery and chip shortage, though. That's the reason. No, uh, there. It, it also has to do with uh, the inflation, uh, just general dollar inflation. Jimmy drives a Tesla, <laughs> <laughs> a nice Tesla. That and it's funny when I was computing the uh, whether or not it was affordable or not. Uh, that was based off of the two dollar gas, and now it's like, well, it's definitely affordable. It's definitely <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, man! It was one hundred and five dollars to fill up my tank yesterday. Uh, but. All those crazy people who say, hey, we need to, or the crazy people who have Teslas and whatever else and go, well, the gas prices don't affect you. Yes, it does. It affects your transportation cost for the food going to the stores, mm-hmm. your, your transportation cost for the energy to get to the generators to power your house. Which, right. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, energy input costs uh, are huge, and that is the majority of uh the increase in prices for everything else on top of just general inflation from printing too much money. All right, but, wait, 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 let's get off of politics. Are there aliens, Jimmy? Have we discovered some shit they haven't said? Oh, yeah. Does NASA know some shit? All the, what's that door on Mars? Uh, door on Mars? You didn't see that doorway on Mars China found? Oh, um, I think I saw something. I didn't care. <laughs> what do you mean, space dude? That's like a big deal. What do you think? I mean, what if there's... I don't believe much that comes out of China, no matter what. So do you, what do you believe about um, just, not even intelligent, life throughout the galaxy? I believe it's moldy. I believe it, if, if the Big Bang spread all elements in all directions, there it's should be... possible. A billion Earths. I mean, anywhere there's sunlight hitting water, there should be fucking mold and, and fungi and grass. Well, uh, to start with, uh, I'm a Christian, so I do believe that one, uh, God has created life, and so if God wanted to create life somewhere else, then so be it. Uh, anything is possible, uh, especially for God. But um, but as far as uh, the unique uh, situation where Earth is, Earth isn't just unique because of its distance from the sun and the fact that it has a moon and the fact that it has water and uh, all the other elements were necessary, including whatever ended up... Uh, whatever chemicals ended up coming together to form DNA, uh, all these random events that just happened to work out perfectly. Uh, it's also uh, protected by the planets that are further out, like uh, Jupiter yeah. and uh, and Saturn, because they absorb all the large uh, comets and rocks Impact and everything shit, yeah. else. So that's why we don't have the constant bombardment of our planet, where if you look for another Earth-like planet and you're looking for... A, life that's similar to ours, uh, then you're going to need a system that is very similar to ours, that it has to almost be a mere copy of what we are. Right. 
and but, can uh, exist. But that's just sure, life like ours. I don't care about like us. I'm just thinking about life, period. And we don't know what other life might be. Right. And we may be interacting with other life that we don't know. So. Oh, I believe it already. I believe they're already here. <laughs> Think about it. You don't look at every bug. They could have nanotechnologies just hanging out all over. They know everything about us. Don't know. Or they might not care. But... I don't think it's something that, I mean, it's fun to think about, but I don't think right. it's something to really worry about. Uh, so th there's no plans, like, on your missions to the moon you guys are working on and to Mars, there's no, like, contingency as if you run into something, they don't have that built in? Like, well, I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of uh, baseline. Well, I know there's a baseline, if you, a UFO uh, policy of, hey, you report, do whatever. It's because... UFO maybe a like a a, a Russian anything. spy ship or whatever right, or right. something we don't know so you report whatever, uh, but you can you guess your best and then deal with whatever actually happens. Uh, so and if something is capable of coming here, we're already screwed. We're already screwed. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. If you think about it, we're already done because they're doing interstellar. But what happens if we're the first? We might be, or and, and you don't know. Or we're like the third, there's been other generations of humans that have been more advanced than us. Or as Musk has talked about the fact, uh, maybe all life reaches a, a, a test point where you either completely collapse or you can escape it. Right. And nothing has escaped it yet. That so, we know of. I mean, we're in the fucking edge of a galaxy. We don't know shit. Really, if you think about it. Well, I mean, uh, until we leave, we don't know. Right. And until we finally get there and we start... Uh, working like there's a guy over at our NASA area. He's still working on that warp engine. He's got his model, uh, his working model that he has in his office. Um, uh, so maybe we'll get to the point where uh, a warp engine will allow us to travel faster than light. And even then, it's still a long ways away Into from the, the next, next thing. <laughs> I know. Even at like like at half the speed of light, it's going to take 20 years to get to the uh, what is it? Whatever the closest. Um, what's Alpha Centauri? Yeah. But, um, so here we go. I love that video game. Flat Earthers. Yeah. I, I, we were having I love flat Earthers. Well, she's like, well, how do they prove it's flat? I was like, well, how do you prove to me it's not flat? Well, that's you, easier to do than uh, how, to prove it flat. But how? If the moon looks flat and it never turns, but you're gonna tell me it's perfectly balanced, spinning at the same time that we're spinning, just so perfectly that we only see one side. Okay. Yeah. I'll bite. That's cool. That's great balance. Right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you prove to somebody that Earth is not flat? There's a number of ways. That, like the, uh, the what is it, a couple, of, I guess, five, 6,000 years ago when they figured it out by then already that it wasn't flat. <laughs> or they built those, um, those, those towers, um, the monoliths. Uh, and they built a monolith like in Egypt, and then they built one over uh, however many miles away far enough. And you can tell that, hey, at this time the uh, the sun angle is this. At this time the sun angle is this. Uh, so clearly the shadows are different, and the only way it could be that way is it's if it curves. Rotating. Yeah. Well, that's how they did it. Hmm? Well, that's fucking crazy. See, that's harder. And that's what. That's why when we were uh, talking at the beginning, people in the past they are they lived differently. They had, but they weren't stupid. They weren't. Uh, right. they, they weren't running around just pooping in the street and whatever. Right, right, right. I mean, that's they what we do now. <laughs> and if they came back to us, they're like, these people are uncivilized. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cause okay, I like to throw this one at you. I was uh, cause Jackie likes to question shit, and I've I'm cause I was I studied in school, so I'm all indoctrinated into what I was learned. She was like, we were talking about the speed of light. I was like, if we can't agree on the constant of the speed of light, all other things fall apart, right? I was yeah. like, we have to agree on the constant. She's like, well, how do they know the speed of light? I was like, they figured it out. She's like, how? <laughs> and we looked it up. Some dude in the 1800s, it was a stupid-ass answer. I didn't like the answer at all. Like, it wasn't a very clear, Well, they didn't concise. have the tech to prove it. At so the how, do we, how do you measure the speed of light, then? Uh, we use... Uh, I think it's Einstein's relativity and various equipment and whatever. So we don't fucking know. We keep reproving it. No, we do lots and lots of experiments and keep reproving it over and over again. 186,000 miles a second. It's pretty constant. And then whenever there's a uh, experiment that shows that something's different, uh, it, 
they go into a lot of uh, checks and whatever, and then usually find out there is a problem with the experiment itself. Like, oh, oh, oh the, with the um, the gauge, with the equipment, maybe, or, or something. the design of the experiment. Right, 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 right. So, uh, fucking crazy. But that's that's one of the things I dislike about the modern worship of science. That science is a process. Science is not the the result of it, and the result of science is simply uh, we have assumed this thing to be true until we prove it's, it's not. And that's science. And you have to have. You have to have an open mind to accept that everything you know may be wrong mm-hmm. instead of trying to impose upon everybody. This is this is 100% right. right. All science is settled. No, no, no it's right. not. Right. Uh, it, I, I prove myself wrong on a daily basis. Uh, whenever I'm at work, it's like, I think this is going to work. I hit run on my uh, computer. This doesn't work. This doesn't work at all. <laughs> uh, so what are you working on? What do you guys, as much as you can talk about? Uh, it's all public. Um, okay. I mean, the the con- the data itself is not public, but, but the, the, the system is. Uh, it's uh, it's just a... We've got to be out of here by 5.30. Yeah, it's getting tired. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, no. um, but it's just a system that uh, the... Uh, so, you have the controllers that uh, work at NASA at the control center. Uh, they have to be able to. Uh, the uh, I'll go back. Uh, the lunar gateway. So the lunar gateway is the next space station to orbit the um, the moon, and they're going to use that for you go over to the lunar gateway, and then you, there's a lunar lander vehicle attached to the gateway. You take that to go to the, to the moon, and then you fly back up, and then you hitch a ride on whatever vehicles attached and then go back home and so mm-hmm. most of the time the gateway will be uh, unoccupied so it needs to run autonomously and one of the other things is it's a more complicated space station than uh, the current ISS so a number of pieces need to be run autonomously and the so the controllers uh, they can't control everything because they're obviously further away and there's the time delay things like that and then there's the times when the gateway will be eclipsed by the moon, and it has yeah, to run its own yeah. thing. Is this? Is this? How's so, it, the, the, are so they going to let the ISS just burn up? I don't know how they're going to dispose of it. Uh, that's normally how we do it, or drop it in the ocean somewhere. But fuck. What about China's new shit? Is it hot? Is it awesome? I heard they just put it together. I don't know. I, I haven't paid that much attention to it. All right, you're but, busy in your shit, huh? Uh, yeah, once I start work, I usually, everything else is like, hey, I have this big, if when I'm not working, I build up this big knowledge of all the stuff that's going on all, all the time, and it's like, right. hey, I know all about the, this special battery for Tesla, and right. but then after I go get to work, it's like, okay, I have less time and less time and less time and less time, and then I have no time at all, and I, I'm just working all the time to try to finish whatever I'm doing, it's like, hey, so... Did you know, like, uh, a meteor just crashed over on the other side of the planet? It's like, I don't know. I, I got to get nothing. my work done. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's so much I wanted to cover, but we're running out of time at the studio. Um, damn. DEFCON. I wanted to get into all that shit. The Air and we Force didn't even stuff. do the, uh, the Friday Freakout. We didn't do the Friday Freakout. Um, all right, we got to choose right now. Story or the Freakout? How good is the Freakout? It's gone. It's gone? Story. So story it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No shit that I was, thought I was going to die. My my guest today, Jimmy Brewer. Uh, we're going to El Paso, people. Um, keep saying we're going to take on Utah. Bless Utah. Let's keep going to Utah. We're not taking on Utah. We just want to offer another place to learn, right? Come holler at your boy. All right. Ultimately, it's just one community. Yeah, it is just one community. Uh, so the easy one for me is the B-52 looks big up close. <laughs> All right, Which, looks big up close. All right. Talking about B-52s from March Air Force Base. We only had two bases left when I was in. So, what, I would just read it? Yep, just read it. Okay, no shit, there I was. The start of every good story. Uh, thought I was going to die by getting sucked into the cell of a jet uh, or free-falling through the wing of a fuselage of one of the world's biggest airplanes. I guess it's big. But <laughs> I saw it every day, so it didn't really feel right. that big. Under certain wind conditions, we were in the in their flight patterns, and it was fairly common to watch them fly right over the DZ. I'm very surprised that none of the old paris it's not parasites, 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 
It probably a skydive parasite. I know, but I'm trying to figure. Yeah. Why would you call yourself a parasite? Because <laughs> they're there all the time. Yeah. Weird. Uh, I've written about any close encounters they may have had with the B-52 from March Air Force Base. Uh, anyone who's ever jumped uh, a Paris knows the airbase is right up the road, peace, right up the road of peace. And air traffic was a constant part of the skydiving in this part of California. One of my most memorable jumps was on a twin beach loaded that included. Bill Stage and Al Frisbee, among others, we climbed to 12,500 feet, uh, got on jump run, filled the night's eight-way star. Well, that's actually nearly impossible. Um, <laughs> when there was, uh, I looked up from, looked up in time to see a B-52 pass the formation so close that I could see the silhouettes of the pilots sitting in the cockpit of the gigantic airplane. Two of the other jumpers also saw it from the conversations we had once we reached the end. If uh, there, we had been a few hundred feet in that direction, we might have punched through that bomber. Shook me up pretty bad. I bet Jim Flying W. Wilkins could tell me some tales about the B-52 at Paris since he was a pilot and jumper there for so many years. Could you imagine being that fucking close to a jet in free fall? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> right on, Wazzy Circus Radio. Hit us up on Patreon. Keep your head on the swivel and hook that shit. Come see me in El Paso, baby. Peace out. Love y'all.